Now is the time to reinforce your bowling arsenal, and BowlerX.com is the online leader in price, service, and selection. With free insured shipping on every item we carry, including a complete line of pro shop supplies, as well as balls, bags, shoes, accessories, and more. Also, check out the large selection of closeout and discontinued items at a fraction of their original cost. BowlerX.com, your online bowling superstore and proud sponsor of Above180.com. You can hear Above 180 on Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly from your iPhone, Android phone, Kindle Fire, and beyond, on demand and on the go. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free at Stitcher.com or in the app stores. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. Joining me today on the Above180.com podcast is Jason Belmonte. Jason has 10 career PBA titles, including three majors. Jason is a USBC Silver Level coach. You can check out more about Jason and some of the coaching he does along with DeAndreas Beatty and Bill Spigner and their whole crew at iabbowling.com, the International Art of Bowling. Great website, lots of great info there. Uh, Jason, want to thank you for joining me today. Tim, mate, no worries at all. Okay, well, Jason, getting ready for the World Series of Bowling. I know you guys are always bowling, always got stuff going on, but what are you doing specifically to prepare for the World Series this year? Yeah, this, this particular year is probably not much different than the previous years. We have uh, five patterns, or four animal patterns, and then the World Championship pattern, uh, all in the same building, the South Point. So um, the bowlers now, I, I would think, are pretty accustomed and, and familiar with South Point, been there for a few years in a row for the World Series, um, but basically what I'm trying to do is making sure all the, you know, the rough edges are, are kind of starting to smooth out a little bit. Generally speaking, uh, I start relatively slow at the World Series, and uh, this year, you know, I'd like to maybe come out a little bit uh, a little bit stronger and then uh, continue that, that strong improvement through the World Series. So I'm kind of, yeah, just working on a few of the smaller things, just trying to get things to feel right look good, and, um, yeah, obviously start thinking how I'm going to start playing some of these patterns. So when, um, when Jason Belmonte gets in a little bit of a rut, who do you, uh, who do you turn to? Um, I have a couple of people. Um, you know, I own a coaching company, uh, the International Art of Bowling, and uh, on that team we have uh, Bill Spagner and DeAndros Beatty. So generally, I'll, I'll shoot them a, a quick video or an email or, uh, you know, maybe we're on a, on a company call or something like that. And when it finishes, I'll just say, hey, by the way, I, what do you think about this? Or what do you think I should do here? Um, but it's, it's been pretty good lately. I've been bowling really well. So I haven't had to have too many of those chats in the last, uh, in the last year. But certainly, if I ever do need help, you know, those two uh, are the first people I'd ask. Excellent. Well, speaking of coaching, you were named to the Bowler's Journal magazine list of top 100 coaches. What does that mean for someone? You've accomplished so much on the lanes. What does it mean now to be recognized as one of the top 100 coaches? Yeah, well, it's really important for me, and I've always, um, you know, kind of wanted to pride myself on the ability that, you know, a lot of people think just because I'm a two-handed player that I can't coach. So I've worked very hard in learning so much more about the game and, and learning how to help 
you know, a wide variety of people, not just those that do use two hands, but, you know, everyone. So it's, it's very rewarding to be named in the top 100 coaches of Bowler's Journal. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of brilliant minds on that list. Um, and to have mine included in that list is, is very, uh, it's very flattering and, and I'm very proud of it. All right, Jason. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Uh, Storm is raising awareness by painting the lanes pink. Now, some people may not be aware of how breast cancer hits you and your family personally. So, would you mind sharing that story with our listeners? Breast cancer is is a you know it's obviously a terrible terrible. Not that any cancer is a good cancer, but um, you know it affects everyone. Everyone knows someone who's either had it or died from it or um, has it. So. In my particular case, uh, my mother had it. Um, she was diagnosed uh, a few years ago now, and she's managed to, to fight it off and, and beat it away, which is, you know, amazing. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people can relate to, you know, just family members in particular, um, you know, struggling with not just breast cancer but with all cancers. And, and I think it's such a wonderful gesture from Storm to, to help find a cure for this particular um, cancer. Jason, I want to get your thoughts. Uh, big release of the crux. So what are your thoughts? First off, have you had a chance to throw one? And then what are your thoughts on that ball and, and what it's going to bring to your arsenal and to a, a bowler's arsenal? That's something that some players that like to throw storm haven't, uh, don't usually get to see out of their arsenal. Yeah, I had a, an opportunity to throw the crux quite a lot, actually. I, I went to Japan uh, for the Storm Fair, which is a, a week-long tour around Japan. And basically, we uh, we product demonstrate, um, you know, Storm's uh, latest equipment. And uh, this particular trip, we only showcased the Crux, uh, which I think in itself was a pretty big statement. It was basically this is this is uh, Storm's next big kind of flagship ball that they're trying to promote. And and uh, I guess you know, like all players, when you do hear a lot of hype, um, you know, you do probably. A little bit skeptic you're like ah oh, we'll see if it's as good as what everyone says it's going to be uh, but then I started to throw the ball a little bit and, and I had uh, I had three drilled uh, for me to throw around Japan there was a couple of uh, pin-ups and uh, one pin down and some with a bit of surface and and uh, a couple with a bit of polish on there and I couldn't I couldn't believe how very how how you could vary the surface so much and still get the ball to do so well through the pins. I mean, look, a lot of the, the stronger balls and the high-performance bowling balls, generally, if you start to change the surface too much on them, um, you'll find one particular surface works great, and then you might put a bit of polish on it, and it just doesn't really, you know, doesn't really go through the pins all that well, or perhaps you do, uh, you know, hit it with a bit of surface, and it just tends to roll way too much and loses its, uh, its kick on the back. But this crux, I think... You know, that's going to be a bit of a game changer for a lot of high-performance bowling balls because now, you know, you could essentially buy two of them um, or use two of them over the course of a tournament, have one you know, rather, you know, dull to be able to kind of smooth out the, the beginning part of the, the block when the lands are probably a little bit fresh, a little bit flatter. And then once they open up, you could actually move to quite a shiny one and still have that big engine inside the ball rolling towards the pins for you, um, you know, later on in the block. So I did that a lot. We played a, a lot of pro-ams, and, uh, you know, these pro-ams had, in some cases, you know, five and six on a lane. So three games by the end of it. Um, you can imagine how dry the pair of lanes was, and, um, you know, I just would switch to a, 
a uh, shiny pin-up crux and I could, you know, basically lost the left gutter and it looked like a, you know, a uh, mid, mid-range level ball with its ability to, to still read on the back. So I was really impressed with that. Uh, but those were house shots and I think the biggest for me, for, 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 for professionals in general, uh, we like to see the ball and what kind of forgiveness that we get on, on a little bit of a tougher pattern. And um, I think the World Series is going to be a really good, really good test for it. But I have noticed uh, Mike Fagan in particular uh, using the the crux around the world, and you know he's been shooting three hundreds with it, and and these patterns are sport compliant. So that certainly rings a few bells for me to say, hey, this this ball is probably pretty good on a flat condition too, because um, or flatter condition, because you know you got someone like Mike who loves to be able to do multiple things with the bowling ball, and uh, you know he's swinging the lane in in Vienna, and he's playing a little straighter in Norway, and he's using the crux. So you know I'm I'm extremely excited to see how many people uh, have that similar reaction. Well, yeah, and you, you bring up, you hit on a cu- uh, couple points there. Number one, the first, bo- the first point is it's a really strong ball, and someone like yourself usually is not always thought of as someone who needs that extra, extra help, I guess you could say, because of the revolutions you can create on the ball. But you're telling me, from what I hear, that you can actually, like you said, shiny and pin up, and the ball still hits on the end, and you take advantage of that strong core with the extra carry, is that, is that a good way to put it, I guess you could say? Yeah, well, what it does is is when you have a high rev rate like me, generally when you start using really strong equipment and the further left that you go, um, the ball tends to just roll that little bit too early and you lose a little of that uh, angle of entry into the pocket down the lane just because it's it's picking up the lane so early. Now, you use something like a high road pearl or a high road or or an uproar, or an outcry. Well, those balls are designed to really get through the first, you know, uh, two-thirds of the lane and then really pick up the angle on the back. So lofting the gutter with those particular balls is almost like what they're designed to do. But the high-performance balls aren't really designed to loft the left gutter with. But if a high-performance ball gives you the ability to do that, I believe the best advantage that I'm going to have with that ball is when it comes off the edge of the pattern, if it's still aggressive enough to carry and have that great angle of entry, it's going to be a smoother pickup than, say, those mid-range level bowling balls. Those balls can be very squirty, and they can be very angular off the spot. And, yeah, it's great if you're on fire and you're, you know, you're throwing them perfectly, but when you're starting to use those kind of angles, you know, a slight pinch left or you know maybe a little bit too much speed and all of a sudden those balls will go straight through the break point and now you've left yourself with something nasty to spare the crux i feel like just picks up a fraction earlier but still still long enough to get down the lane and create that angle but it's a little smoother off the spot so now i feel like you know if i miss it a little left or maybe i overhit it um the ball is just going to maybe roll a little bit earlier maybe go high for a 610 maybe a four pin and if I throw it a little firm because of that bigger engine, it's still want to, it's still going to want to pick up. So I can maybe hopefully leave a two pin instead of you know a two eight ten or, or worse. So those are the kinds of things that I'm thinking about when I'm throwing the crux. And obviously with that brand new core inside the Catalyst core, which has, you know, so much thought process gone into that particular ball, I believe that you know the design of that core also is a lot more forgiving at the bottom. Um, so, you know, those ones that you maybe, you know, do overhit or, or in, you know, most bowlers cases with thumbs in, you know, if you thumb down the ball a little bit, 
Um, as long as your rotation is generating in the general direction the same way, the ball will get into a roll um, very similar for each shot. And that's a huge advantage against the field when, you know, other bowling balls don't do that. Joining us for a quick Bowling This Month update is Bowling This Month owner, Bill Semsrat. Hey, Tim. So I've got three new Bowling This Month articles I'd like to highlight this week. Uh, first up, we've got uh, Susie Minchu with a great article on one of the biggest things holding amateur bowlers back from having a, a nice, clean, consistent, and powerful release. Uh, next up, we've got an article from a new BTM contributor, Rick Hamlin, detailing a simpler way of understanding ball motion. Uh, and then finally, this time, we've got an article from Joe Slowinski detailing the next evolution of his targeting system for advanced bowlers. Uh, for these articles and more, head over to bowlingthismonth.com. Uh, right now, we've got subscriptions at 10% off, and uh, everything comes with a 14-day money-back guarantee. So back to you, Tim. All right, Jason. It was uh, earlier announced in October that uh, Bullmore AMF is now an official partner of the PBA, and they're going to be the official host of the 2015 Chris Paul PBA Celebrity Invitational. It's going to be presented by AMF on January 8th in uh, in California. What was your reaction to the news? I know that's that's something that here in stateside, there's been a lot of talk, both positive and negative, to the AMF Bullmore and to the Bullmore folks uh, hopping into the uh, into the competitive bowling industry. What what are your thoughts? Well, look, I think it's about time the industry started to work together like this. I've been saying for a very long time, I wish I could put all parts of the industry into a room, shut it, lock the door, and don't let them out until they all come out holding hands. And I feel like as an industry, um, there's always some roadblock in the way. Someone isn't happy with something or there is a part of the deal where they don't think they're getting, you know, as good as someone else, and there's a little bit of, you know, conflict and, and whatnot there. And I've always thought, you know, if we could just start the ball rolling, and I think Bowlmore AMF and the PBA and 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 their involvement into the to competitive side of bowling now is is really the first kind of bright light from such a, a, a predominantly social play, you know, business. You know, their, their business model is predominantly to get birthday parties in and the guys are, uh, guys night out on a Friday night. To have a player like that interested in the sport of bowling, it can really only be positive news, even if it is only to generate more money for Bowlmore. They wouldn't do anything. Tom Shannon seems like a pretty switched-on kind of a guy. You know, he's not going to do anything that's going to cost his business money. So if he thinks that there's an opportunity for Bowlmore AMF to generate income from the competitive side of bowling, then that's a good thing. You know, now, where this goes, who knows? Maybe it turns out to be the worst thing in the world. But until it does become that, I think we should give it a little bit of uh, rope and just say, all right, well, let's see, let's see what we can do here. And like I said, having them a part of the PBA is, is fantastic. I mean, the proprietors generally in, in, around the world are, are huge supporters of, of competitive bowling, and um, we need that brand, that that group of, of people to still have faith in the competitive side of bowling, you know, league bowling all the way through to the, to the pros. So I think it's a positive thing, um, and again, I'm happy to sit and wait and, and kind of watch the show and see how it all unfolds with the the partnership and um you know i'm an op optimistic kind of a guy so i'd like to think that you know millions of dollars of sponsorship will come from this well exactly and let's hope that this opens doors to the pba and to the usbc and to the other folks out there 
to get more sponsorship dollars involved. And I know that's been one of the PBA and Tom Clark's, uh, you know, goals is to try to get some of these big worldwide global companies involved here. And um, and speaking of that, as you take a look at the 2014-2015 PBA slash WBT schedule, see a lot of stuff going on. Your tournaments start, like we said, we start in the middle to the end part of October. And this year, the, you know, the, really the schedule goes until the end of 2015, thereabouts. Um, what are your thoughts on the initial part? We talked to, and we hit briefly on the World Series, but then, you know, you basically, you leave from the World Series and you guys go right overseas to a whole group of tournaments, uh, you know, that are, the, you know, the World, uh, World Bowling Tour type stuff. So what are your thoughts when you take a look at tournaments uh, and how things are shaping up? Yeah, well, look, the first thing that I, I do generally when I'm looking at these calendars is I kind of want to pick the places that are a little bit closer to Australia to get to. <laughs> there aren't that many that are close, but I try to you know make sure that the ones that are relatively close, I, I try and get to those, obviously, because it's a lot easier and a lot more uh, cost-effective for me as well. But um, there is a lot of bowling around the world, and I think um, you know myself and, and a lot of the other pros – we just simply couldn't bowl them all. You know, you just, there's so much going on. I would be living out of a suitcase for pretty much the whole year. And I've got two little children that I want to see. And I've got a beautiful wife that, you know, I want to, uh, you know, hang out with. And so I think from my perspective anyway, um, and I can't obviously speak for all the pros, but I'm pretty sure they'd probably feel the same way. They're going to probably pick a couple of clumps in the year. They might pick, you know, like a Middle Eastern tour um, and then they might pick a European tour and hopefully all the other PBA events will kind of fit in the middle. So the one big difference between me and them is that, you know, when the PBA events are on in Australia, uh, in, in, in the US, they live in the US where I'm still in Australia. So I'm still traveling on those um, or technically home events for them. So that's another thing that I've got to weigh up as well and see how many days away am I going to be if I include, um, you know, all the PBA events, all the WTBA events or World Bowling events. Um, and that's a really kind of tough juggling act to do because you also got to try and fit in all the, you know, the things that are important to you back home, you know, birthdays and and uh, other kind of parties and significant moments in your life, in your children's lives that you want to see. So it's it's certainly difficult. Um, and as the kids are getting older, I think it's getting a little bit more, more tough to do that because now they're asking why, you know, why has daddy got to go so much? Why, why, why? So yeah, I, I, I hate that conversation, but it happens. And, um, it's time for me to probably start to be a little bit more selective of where I'm going and for how long. Well, and Jason, one thing I, I, I'm just looking through the schedule here now too, and one of the big changes that I'm seeing this year as opposed to in years past is some of the regional events are having national, I guess you could say, point structured in, into them, if that makes sense. So like the PBA, you know, winning the Viper Championship is the same as winning like the uh, the Lubbock Open, which is coming up, you know, in, in the end of, you know, right around summertime and stuff like that. The PBA uh, Lubbock Southwest Open, you know, which is something I'm guessing you're probably not going to make it back to because it's just a, you know, kind of a standalone type event. Um, what are your thoughts on that, I guess? Because you would, you would have to wonder the, the quality of players that are going to be at the World Series versus a regional type event in the in the southwest region just picking one out obviously out of the uh, the example of of list of tournaments right well i think all parts of the pba all levels of the pba need um, incentive for the the members to go and bowl i mean we i believe that pretty much everyone who is a pba member they do love the organization otherwise they wouldn't be a member they do believe in in the product and they do believe in in the tour itself and obviously things aren't as attractive as they once were 
So even the regional tour now, I, I've read a lot of things online where entries are starting to dwindle a little bit. And I think it's a good move from the PBA to create a little bit more incentive for these, you know, smaller standalone tournaments to get the members to come out, uh, get non-members to perhaps join so they can bowl for, you know, like you said, these kind of added incentives inside these regional tour point structures. And I think it's a good idea. Um, like you said, it's a little bit too far and standalone for me to get to. Um, but, you know, I know a lot, of, a lot of pros that will live, you know, anywhere within a, perhaps an eight-hour drive, they really should be going to these, these regional tours and supporting them. Awesome stuff. Jason, I want to thank you for joining me. Um, I, I know you speak of your family, and I caught you at a, a time where right before we're heading to the World Series, or you're coming over here. So I want to thank you for taking about 20 minutes out to chat with us over here. And um, all the best of luck in Vegas and uh, maybe catching up with you down there if I can uh, make it down that way. Yeah, mate, no worries. Actually, while we're talking, I have the kids here on my own today. My uh, Kimberly's off to work. And uh, when we started this call, the kids were ready, dressed, and, and ready to go into town afterwards. Now they're both completely naked. they got mud all over their hands. <laughs> and uh, I think Hugo actually has pen on his face. So it's been an... It's been an interesting 20 minutes for them while I've been on this call. Yeah, exactly. I, um, you know how that goes when they, uh, when the someone, when they don't have your whole undivided attention. It's like uh, they're just rain holy terror on the house. So <laughs> I can't uh, wait to go and see what their rooms look yeah. like. It's going to be a fun one. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, <laughs> thanks, Jason, and um, and like I said, all the best of luck, and hopefully we'll catch up. And uh, and you, we do have to, oh, as long as we're talking about the family, how um, how are things going? Are they uh, they must be getting to that age where they're out there uh, trying to bowl with with you and 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 uh, daddy giving them some lessons yeah yeah Ari got her first ball the other day as part of a uh, uh, like the league uh, special that we have in, in in town so she was all pumped up she's got her own little locker that you know she has to go and get her ball and put it away and she's a little bit uh, uh, I think she's a little OC OCD about her bowling ball it's got to be cleaned perfectly after every shot you know, she's got to make sure that it sits the right way when it goes back into the bag. And then the towel that we've given her, it's got to be wrapped around perfectly. And then when she puts it back into the locker, you know, the straps have to all be sitting the, the right way. And <laughs> it's completely different to how Hugo and I are. Hugo and I basically just throw our stuff into the, into the, into the locker and say, ah, as long as the door closes, it's good enough <laughs> for us. So he's, uh, he's probably a little bit more into it than Aria is, though. She'll bowl for a game. Um, and then she's looking to... Uh, to do something else, um, and Hugo is probably a little bit more along the lines of, you know, let me throw as many shots as I want as as I can throw, and then once I'm bored of it, I'm going to go play video games for a little bit, and then I want to come back to bowling. So that's pretty much how Daddy started. <laughs> Excellent. Well, and you know what? It sounds like Ari though; she's developing a good pre-shot routine of the, of having everything set in line, so that that's something that's a good habit. That, as you know, as as we get older, that we do that too, where how, whoever things are. So. Oh, exactly. But I'm going to tell her to speed it up. No one wants her to be the next Patrick Allen. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Jason, again, thanks for uh, thanks for taking some time, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks, man. See ya.